Welcome back to Sworn Testimonies, a podcast where I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Today on the podcast, I interview Nick. He was drafted to Vietnam, but found a way to escape his fate. Stay tuned. Just be honest. 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 Just be real. Just be true. It's the only way to be free. Just be honest. It's the only way to be. Just be real. Just be true. It's the only way to be. Okay, Nick, can you tell me a little bit just about who you are and what you do for a living? Who I am is uh, a, a gentleman that uh, has uh, uh, enjoyed uh, quite a few uh, good years under uh, God's blessings. I am a uh, professional in the entertainment industry and uh, had a wonderful long career and uh, am uh, fortunate enough to uh, continue in that career right now. That's awesome. And I know um, we've talked a little bit about your experience with Vietnam. Mm. Yes, Vietnam. <laughs> and you know, a lot of people are talking today about potentially entering into another world war or another war situation. And there have been a lot of jokes on social media about how to get out of the draft or mm. what the drafting process looks wow. like. I was not yeah. alive during the Vietnam I was. years <laughs> and you were. And, you know, I think our generation just has a lot of questions about what to, if the draft were to be reinstated again, what would the process look like and how do you get out of the draft? Is that even a thing? And yeah. So I, I want to hear just a little bit about your experience. So you were drafted, correct? I, I uh, in, in a, yes. Um, you know, it's funny. I was having a conversation with uh, some young men um just recently, and they were just kind of poo-pooing and laughing and joking at the idea that the draft, there's not going to be any draft. And, and of course, you're, you're referring to the, the recent escalations in the Middle East and with Iran. And uh, But um, uh, I, I was discussing with them, they're, they're Gen Zs, teenagers, and what generation are you? I am a boomer. They're a boomer. I am, I guess I qualified in the boomer. Uh, so, so, well, yeah, I was around for the, for the Vietnam draft. So, yeah, I'm definitely a boomer and, and proud of it. Um, so I'm talking with these kids, and, 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 and I'm hearing them say that. And I said, you know what, guys? Um, we said the same thing. And these are guys that were 16, 17 years old. When I was 17, 18 years old, still in high school, um, uh, the Vietnam War was just uh, escalating more and more, and uh, and and it was said that uh, oh yeah nobody yeah they're not going to do a draft, and I'm saying wow this is just bad deja vu, and I and I reassured the kids that you know you, you just have to be uh, 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 aware of it and make sure you keep an eye on things and and who you vote for and where the politics go, because they told us that. And lo and behold, uh, I forget what year it was, but um, the, the first year, the draft went two years when I was a teenager, when I was in high school in the 60s. And um, the first year, my number came up and I was number two, meaning that they'd go through the uh, uh, category of number one and pull out who they wanted to pull out. And how did they pull power? How did they choose people? It, it was, it was a lottery. I remember the lottery on TV. And, uh, and if I remember, I think maybe, and don't quote me on this because, uh, you know, that was quite a few, that was 50 years or so ago. And, um, I remember them, uh, pulling a ball, like almost like bingo, like pulling a number out of a cage or something like maybe it was on a ball or a piece of paper and then um uh then they uh then they announced then they would say okay the uh, lottery uh number is in this order and um uh I happened to be in the number 2 category which meant I had a very high probability of uh, being drafted for the Vietnam war um and nothing happened. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And, and in that year, and, uh, and obviously the years before that, um, I saw uh, some of my friends', friends big brothers go to war uh, and come back, either 
diminished uh, uh, in, in, in a way that uh, they obviously now they call it PTSD. And uh, with that war as hell, a uh, thousand yard stare constantly, uh, they weren't the same people that they were when they left. And, and then a couple of them came back in boxes. Hmm. One, one in particular uh, kid. And I remember because, you know, when you when I was a kid and I used to play Army Man and it was like, oh, yeah, Army Man. No, they're Army Boys. Mm. All all wars are fought by boys. Mm. Do mean, you know what age? The average age today even is probably 19, 20 years old. Wow. These are kids. These are kids. I'm an older man and I, and, 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 and I look at that and I'm going, I remember used to, I remember thinking that our men in the army were men, men, you know, so my, in my teenage mind, maybe they were 40. Mm. But yeah, no, these are. These are young men because they. I saw many of my friends go to Vietnam at 18, 19, 20 years old. Mm. Um, and like I said, this one uh, 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 guy in particular, uh, we, he came home from boot camp. He was in the Marines. He came home from boot camp, and it was a Friday. It was a, he was there for a few days, and I remember that Friday night. It was a summer night, and we were kids out of school, and. This uh, kind of big brother to the neighborhood, who was the brother of one of the kids our age, had come home and was shipping out to Vietnam the next morning, at, on Saturday morning. And we chased uh, each other around, and they had a big cherry tree in their backyard. So, you know, kids are kids. They would put the cherries in a bucket and then throw them at us because they stung when they were. And we, yeah, it's, it sounds kind of cruel, yeah. but it was fun. And, uh, but... But we laughed and we played with him. And the next morning, it was just like, wow, okay, well, hey, see, we all po- we were all positive. Hey, see, when you get back, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. You're, you're, you've, you've lived a, you're a great person. And, I mean, he was literally everybody's big brother, just a beautiful soul, beautiful spirit. And two weeks later, he was back in a box, yeah. two, just two weeks. Um, and it was just, it was so impacting. And then uh, a, a guy I grew up with, uh, literally from babies, who lived across the street from me, he went. And then he came back from his first tour, and the, the horror stories he told us, um, I remember not being able to sleep for two weeks mm. because of just the, 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 the things that happen to human beings in war are just... Uh, uh, just unimaginable, the horrors. And and, and, and even then he, with him, I saw that uh, a light had been dimmed. And uh, he actually went back another tour of duty and then went back as a civilian until the fall of Saigon. Mm. And he literally uh, ran out of town because he went back as a mechanic working on, I believe, helicopters he had like several thousand dollars worth of uh, uh, of uh, tools and things, and he was in downtown, and uh, the uh, a mob was attacking some GIs, and you know he's he's he was a soldier, he's an American, a patriot. He went to help them, and they turned on him. Wow! And pretty soon they all got overwhelmed, and he just took off running while he fought his way through to get out. And I believe some of the other, the, the other two guys didn't make it out. Uh, and he ran all the way to the airport and waited for a transport, left his uh, expensive tools behind and came back home. And that's when everything really fell apart. But, um, and to this day, he has not been able to like work a job. Uh, fortunately, he was a very bright and smart guy. Uh, and he's been able to, uh, 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 through entrepreneurship and, 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 and property manage, buying properties and things like that, he's been able to uh, uh, amass uh, 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 a nice, comfortable uh, existence for himself. But um, so that 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 terrified me. And also in that in, in that time, politically and and the real story. I mean, obviously, history has told the story now of what Vietnam was and the the uh, they always say well we're all our treasure and blood i hate the fact that they put treasure first mm. they've lost these 19 year old men these 20 year old men these babies 
uh, uh, with so much promise to a war that uh, ultimately turned out to be um, uh, something that uh, uh, should have never happened. And it's tough for me to talk about this because I, I, I don't want to disrespect the young men, these boys, these young men that went and sacrificed their lives uh, without fully uh, understanding that, uh, yeah, there were some disparities in what was, uh, was really happening there. Mm-hmm. So uh, how, did I, how, did, how do you get out of it? <laughs> and then I knew guys that, that actually went to prison. Because the letters they sent, I'll say, so the first year I w- of the draft, I was number two, and nothing happened. I said, oh, good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be lucky. I'll probably be number 100 uh, for the second time the draft and came up, and I was number one. Wow. So I said, not only the first time I had a, a high percentage, and the second uh, uh, year of the draft, yeah, no, I was going. I was number one. I was at school. I was away at college. I kept getting letters from the uh, the U.S. Marshal saying that because uh, I wasn't showing up for the uh, so you were in college when this happened. Yes, yeah, mm. college. The college deferment didn't work out. Mm. Uh, How does that work? The- well, I, I I don't remember. You you apply for it, uh, and then it, I forget what determined it. And then, like I said, it's been a number of years. But uh, 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 there there were several that were able to get some college exempts, uh, probably because their parents were uh, 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 had money and poly, uh, p- uh, political pull or or. Or, or some type of uh, connections that were mm. that they were able to take advantage of. Heck, there were there were people I uh, I knew left the country and went to Canada. Their parents sent them away to Canada. Wow. And and that's a very sensitive subject. And once again, any of the Vietnam veterans listening to this, I I em- uh, empathize and 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 absolutely am in solidarity with what. Uh, what they went through going there. And here's the other factor that was huge for me was I was, was, okay, I'm a black man Mm. in America in the sixties. There were still a lot of, uh, there were still a lot of things that uh, were happening. And that was at, for me, I I call it the zenith of the, or, or the apex of the civil rights movement. That's mm. when, and 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 part of that was the fact that yes, white America was in uh, upheaval and protest, and that was the youth, the hippie movement. They called it the free love, all the uh, 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 things that went with the long hair, the protesting. They they were out protesting. White young students were protesting. Uh, uh, in the streets, uh, there was that that big moment at Ohio State University. Uh, there's been songs done about it. Four dead in Ohio. The National Guard opened fire on, and four students went down. Um, uh, uh, that was happening with them. But in the black community, we were listening to Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and in hearing about Medgar Evers being assassinated because he was the uh, the leader of the uh, NAACP, or was the head of, he was the head of the NAACP in Mississippi, and 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 I I, I took a job where uh, I was an intern at a radio station. Well, you think, oh, that's great, it's an intern at a radio station. One of the reasons they had to do that is because the Federal Communications Commission at that time said, well. There have to be more minorities, and I use that word uh, begrudgingly because I've never subscribed to being a minor person. Mm. Uh, but uh, I went to this radio station thinking I was going to be an intern, but uh, for them to uh, teach me, they uh, it required that I be the janitor first. Wow. And I was uh, 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 there from a predominantly black high school in the town I lived in, and um, uh, uh, there were, you know, it was it was young black kids. Everybody was like, uh, you know, I, I'll take the I'll take the job. I'll take the internship. And once they found out it was to be a janitor, you know, young young black man. Oh no, man, I ain't slinging no mop. I ain't going down there. So I took it, 
and uh, and I got down there and I was told to keep the toilets clean, boy. And uh, now this is not that long ago for a, a millennial like yourself. The '60s seems ancient, but in my in 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 in, in the perspective of where I'm sitting at my age, it's still not that long ago that mm-hmm. that type of outright race. I mean, there, there were people that would pee on the wall, so I had to clean it. Wow. Uh, uh, I would read news copy to, to be uh, critiqued by the program director, and he would come in and, and hit the tape, the reel-to-reel tape. You don't know nothing about that. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he would hit the reel-to-reel tape at this radio station, and I was pretty confident that I was articulate enough, and my mother had me practice and one of the some of the guys had cared now don't get me wrong there were some of the disc jockeys and news guys that were really yeah this is about time and so they were really pouring into me to help me understand and learn these things uh and so i was pretty confident about what i had done and the program director comes in he puts his feet up uh flicks ashes on the floor so i have to clean them and then he hit the uh play button played it for just a few seconds hit the rewind button as he was getting up and said, you sound like a goddamn nigger. Wow. And, uh, uh, and I, I wanted to quit. And every time I wanted to quit, my mom said, no, you go back there. Don't let them win. They can take the job, but they can't take the knowledge. And that knowledge will take you through the rest of your life. I am still in, an in, in, in the entertainment industry in one form or another because of persevering that and she was absolutely right so all that was going on at the same time i'm thinking now i'm gonna go fight for this country that and i was still seeing stories of black men being lynched Mm. in the 60s what did that feel like being asked to fight for a country that wasn't fighting for you well, I it, it it was enraging because at that time, remember once again, that's the era of the Black Panther Party, the uh, um, uh, uh, the the wonderful oratory of Malcolm X, uh, and of course, uh, the amazing conversations that we would hear from Martin Luther King. And the funny thing is, is in that time period, Martin Luther King, because I'm a a, a young, angry black man uh, uh, dealing with all the racism I'm seeing. And, and then we're also in that period of redefining ourselves because for years we we had been called Negroes. I remember having conversations with older black men saying, you know, you're not a Negro, you're a black man. And they would just get angry because I would call them black man. And because it had always been a, a, a negative, as bad as the N-word. Mm. pretty much to them. And uh, uh, I would tell them, you know, okay, you're not a Negro. I, let me prove it to you. If you're uh, Japanese, you want to go home, you go to Japan, to your mother country. If you're French, you go to France. Pull a map out and show me the country of Negro. Mm. And they would oh, I ain't no Negro. And I said, well, yeah, no, we were Africans. I ain't no African because it was all negative. So we were in that period of the dashikis and the afros and redefining ourselves, uh, uh, talking about how we would live to respect each other. Hey, sister. Hey, brother. You know, we got to look out for uh, each other, power to the people. And, 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 and then look what happened. They killed Malcolm, Malcolm X. They killed Martin Luther King. Uh, they killed the Kennedys. Uh, all that was going on. So this was all... Swirling in the midst of the Vietnam War, and and me seeing these young black men come home that couldn't get jobs, that couldn't get the VA benefits, that uh, some of the white soldiers. It was just there was just a lot of uh, disparity and and a lot of injustice there. So that led me to uh, decide that you know what. I'm not going to go. And because there were, like I said, the white students were, the white hippies and students and college students were were uh, in, in the streets of uh, the Capitol, Washington, uh, uh, carrying signs that said it as they were yelling at, hell no, we won't go. That was a huge chant. And yes, you saw a lot of uh, 
uh, uh, blacks and 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 mostly the white uh, kids that were. And as a matter of fact, it, it was when Martin Luther they, they they attribute the fact that Martin Luther King Martin Luther King spoke up against the Vietnam War. They attribute that to his final demise because mm. they kept cautioning him. Stay in the civil rights lane. And after he did speak up, yes, a lot of people got angry and said, no, 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 N-word, stay in the stay in your own lane. Mm. Stay in the civil rights lane. Don't speak, don't do And shortly after that, yes, he went to the Lorraine Motel, which I have visited and which was a, a very emotional experience uh, because I remember that day. And, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and when that happened, I thought about that. I said, they kept telling him not to speak up against the uh, mm. Vietnam War. And then that even drove it even deeper that, yeah, look at all the injustices that are happening. Uh, the Tuskegee, uh, black men were segregated in the army in, in, in World War II and, and, and were, did some of the most heroic uh, 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 fighting uh, in in the history of uh, of that war, and then still came back uh, to not be able to take advantage of the GI Bill and all the things that were afforded to uh, white troops that came back. So there, and that was still happening. Uh, 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 thirty years later, t- 25, 30 years later, during the Vietnam War. So it's multi-layered. I think oh, we we talk about these things so separately, like Vietnam or yeah. the civil rights. But you were having to deal with both at the same all time. Of it, all of it. I'm looking back on the history of Marcus Garvey movement. I'm looking. I'm looking at the change that we are experiencing as a people. We were in a period in the 60s where we were redefining ourselves. Uh, we, we would have, uh, I, I, that's when even Kwanzaa came, came into existence. Uh, a guy named Ron Karinga, we would call him Maulana Ron Karinga because Maulana was like priest or high priest or whatever. But we, we, we cleaved on to things like that because it was just time. To redefine. I mean, like I said, all America, young America, was in upheaval, um, and uh, it, it was our. It, it, we kind of rode that wave of, hey, they're trying to make us a race. We ended up making ourselves a people mm. and redefining ourselves with our afros and our our cool. Uh, uh, clothes and dashikis and, and jewelry and and it was just a beautiful, exciting period. And juxtapose that now with you know what you hear in rap music. And I'm not bashing rap rap music, but my goodness, I mean, it's just all about selling selling the sex, the booty, the money, the the the, the, the trap. Uh, you know, uh, cooking trap uh, crack in a trap kitchen. I mean, you know what. <laughs> you know a lot about what's happening in the rap world. Well, no, no. That, well, uh, you know, God, God has given me a lot of uh, 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 ability to stay. I love the now. I, I live in the now. I don't live in, oh, well, things like should be like they used to. No, I love the change that's happened. Mm. Uh, and everything that's old is new. Everything that's new is old. I mean, all the uh, fashions, bucket hats, fanny packs, uh I have a fanny pack. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Adidas from the days of when hip hop first started with uh, 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 Run DMC. You have a fanny pack? I do. I love it. No, you, no, no. I've seen them. You have several. Yes, I, I do. <laughs> it cracks, including I think a leopard skin one. Yeah, I do. But, <laughs> I love my leopard fanny pack. I remember that was the brunt of everybody's joke. But anyway, so we were in that period of, uh, of uh, you know, black folks, man. We got to, when we, when, we, when we get into committing to a look and a fashion statement, those, that was such an awesome period. Uh, and yeah, we looked like a proud, uh, complete people. And then uh, I don't know whether it was the fact that some of these so-called leaders, and I say so-called, because if you call them our black leaders, it kind of insinuates that we can't lead ourselves. Mm. And uh, and in that period in the 60s where we'd be talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing 
what we need to do uh, uh, as far as our people are concerned. And I'm not talking get guns and go out and kill Whitey. That was the ter- that's the name we used back in those days. If you haven't heard that one, uh, uh, but Whitey Cracker, all that uh, you know, all that stuff. And now today, I'm a man of God, and we are all God's children. Amen. And I quote Revelation seven nine that says, "We will be standing all as one." In judgment, so uh, we'll, we'll be there in that place. But I'm not talking about that kind of uh, revolution. I'm talking about a revolution of lifting ourselves out of the mentality of the slavery that and, and, and the terrorism that we experienced for over 400 years. Mm. And that's not being a crybaby about it. It's a fact. I've been to the South. I've seen the uh, environment. I've visited the. Uh, places where there were plantations. I've, I've heard the stories, and, and those stories were just as bad as the war stories I heard from my friend that came back from Vietnam mm. and told me those horrific things that happened during war. People have to understand that what the slaves went through was pretty much the same. Mm. I mean, like the life expectancy on some plantations where they were, was 30 years old or, mm. or younger. Uh, so the horrors of war, the horrors of slavery, all of that. So, so, and, and there is that thought that, uh, you know, there are still some people generationally, uh, that still have some type of PSD, PTSD, Mm. sorry, uh, from, from just the black experience in America. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's a podcast for another time. Right. I mean, but intersectionality, I guess, podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And and like you said, it's like, there's a lot of layers. I I, I liken it to an onion. Yeah. The more layers you peel back, the more layers you peel back, the more it makes you cry. The more tears come. Did you see, did you watch Shrek? Have you seen that movie? Uh Uh-uh. He talks about layers too. He's pretty wise. Shrek. Shrek, yeah, the cartoon. Oh, I'm just going to say, are you talking about the Shrek? I'm thinking, is there, <laughs> is, is there some African brother that, uh, <laughs> no. you know, yeah, oh, yes, I am Shrek, man. I want you to tell my, my stolen brothers from Africa. Not Shrek the African, Shrek the ogre. <laughs> <laughs> but he talks about okay, the complexity of onions and peeling back the layers. Uh, oh, you know? I So don't you and Shrek that. have that in common. I, well, hey, probably uh, <laughs> probably our looks, and uh, we're both colored men. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Uh, so you mentioned that you were drafted this second year and decided that you weren't going to go. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, and, 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 and yes, I, 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 I kind of went off on, on a rant there about uh, the reasons why I was really uh, inspired uh, to um, – to not uh, be part of that. Um, I was in school. I was in college. I got a letter, my final notice from the marshal's office that said, if you do not show up for your physical, uh, you will be taken into custody. And like I said, I knew guys that did two years in prison because they were conscientious objectors, Mm. which meant that... uh, they uh, conscientiously objected to going and said, once again, like that was the chant of the day. Hell no, we won't go. Then they said, well, you will go to jail. So I, I, I was terrified by that. I didn't want to go to Canada. Um, so I decided I was going to uh, do something crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I went. Uh, I, I, I took my my notice, and I went down to the federal building, and uh, showed up for the uh, for the uh, physical that would qualify me to go. And oh, by the way, on the notice I got, it said, "Notify your school, notify your parents, notify anyone that you need to that you may not, you may be drafted and take wow. that day." And there were people that got on the bus and went to boot camp that wow. day that were drafted. They were taken. So you in. take the test, you pass the test, and you get on and the bus. And you get on the bus. Or And not everyone uh, that happened to, but there were other uh, people, uh, other young men that, uh, you know, I mean, they, they were given a notice and, a, and some documents that told them um, uh, you will uh, be uh, notified when you're uh, required to report. Wow. And uh, so, you know, that was pretty, 
that's pretty terrible. And I'm thinking, all of a sudden, all that's flashing through my head, all the injustice, all the uh, uh, the civil rights thing, uh, the 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 guy, I, the, 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 the big brother, that the neighborhood big brother I saw come back two weeks in a, in a box and, and, um, and then the other factor was too, is like, these are other people of color Mm. that I'm going to kill. Why? Mm. Because, uh, and and once again, history has borne out the facts of this. You you just Google it. Hey, it's that generation now where you can just Google it. It's a fact. There were some, uh, uh, some uh, some injustices and in just why the world was happening. So I go down, I say, okay, all right, I, 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 uh, full disclosure, I, I took a half a tab of acid. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the story. It was big. the 60s. This is the 60s. So uh, LSD was uh, was prominent. And so uh, I'm, in, I'm at college and there was the uh, one, one of my white buddies at school uh, actually made it. <laughs> wow. he, he was he was uh, he was a chemist. So, <laughs> so you guys were cooking up in the kitchen. It, it just wasn't <laughs> in the music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I guess you could say that. Yes, I mean, uh, so he gave me that. So and I was supposed to take the whole thing, and I just said, no, I'm not. You know, I don't want to be. Uh, that uh, gone when I get there. So I took a, it was either half or less than half, maybe even maybe a little more than a quarter. So I'd have just, so I could just be kind of wonky. And I get down to the federal building and, uh, and I go in and wait in the line and fill out the documents. And then that, uh, that uh, uh, acid, they called it kicked in. And I was like, whoa. And so I'm going to, you know, I'm, uh, thinking, okay, what can I do to uh, make them think maybe something's wrong with me that maybe they won't take me? Um, so I, I would go through the different things, and uh, like for example, I would there was a test that you had to take. I was in like a classroom, and there was a written test, and I mean, the the the, the questions were like something you couldn't possibly fail. In other words, they were going to take you. Mm. Like one of the questions, and I swear I think I remember it like this. The questions were the question was A, B, or C. Is this the picture of an arm and a chair? Is this the picture of a duck and an egg? And then, and, and there were three. And then you look at the picture, and it's an arm and a chair. I mean, yeah. So I mean, of course, I said duck and <laughs> and, and, and and whatever else was there. And so I answered everything wrong. And I had been, you know, I had uh, uh, had a lot of, well, I drank some beer, too, and had some water. So I had to I had to take a leak. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, he, they weren't letting people go anyway because there were other guys. That, well, I got I to gotta go take a leak. And now uh, you, you stay in here, you finish the test. So I said, okay, all right. Well, I'm in, I'm, I'm in rebel mode. I'll just take a piss right here. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> That that oh didn't make them happy. Gosh. They came in and made me rush out to the uh, <laughs> to the to the men's room, and uh, and uh, yeah, I kind of just stood there, kind of shook up and laughing. It was a weird emotion. I was laughing, but I was terrified, and, and terrified that I had to do something like this, and terrified that you know I was in danger of being sent to a place that would pretty much destroy my human essence. Because mm. like I said, the, the guys that come back, they they had a tough time. Mm. They still do 50-something years later. So after uh, all my shenanigans, uh, the MP showed up, and I'm going like, okay, maybe I'm going to go to jail or to MP, MP jail or whatever. What does MP stand for? Uh, military police. Oh. Oh no, these guys were. These guys had pistols. They had the helmets. They had the the boots tucked uh, with their pants tucked in. I mean, they were military. So I figured, oh boy, man, I'm. Uh, so they decided to, you know, I'm thinking they're taking me somewhere to incarcerate me, and uh, they took me to uh, the psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they took me to psychiatrist, and I'm like, okay. Now what? And um, and the psychiatrist was, 
it, the look on his face was, uh, okay, yeah, another one of these guys. And uh, so, you know, I sit down, and uh, he starts asking me questions. Just to be clear, you're still in the same clothes that you peed in yourself. That, that I peed in, and I went into the... Uh, I went into the uh, bathroom and I was in there for a minute and I rinsed them out and took them off, took them off and rinsed them out. And, but yeah, I'm sitting there still kind of pissy wet and uh, uh, with half rinsed out clothes and, 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 and tripping on LSD and trauma. <laughs> I, was, I was high on LSD and trauma. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, Sat there and and he starts asking me these questions about going in the military, and I said, "Yeah, no, I." And remember, this is you know I'm I'm a semi militant at that time. I was even thinking about joining the Black Panthers. I was going to join the Black Panthers. I was going to join the Black Muslims. I was going to join the uh, whatever Black Army, but. Uh, because, uh, you know, your kids are angry, man, and, and, and it's kids and it's young men and women that always bring change in the society. Anytime mm-hmm. you hear about, look at the Arab Spring that happened. Yeah. Look at Tiananmen Square in China. It was youth. Uh, look at what's going on in Hong Kong right now. It's the youth that always rise up against uh, uh, institutional uh, 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 racism, institutional uh, uh, oppression or or, and they want to make a change. And the people in Hong Kong, my goodness, they're they're going up against China. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So um, uh, he starts asking me about uh, going in. And he and and I said, he said, well, uh, you don't want uh, Nick, you don't want to go in the army, do you? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I do. I do. Oh, really? Uh, you sure? I said, yes, I'm sure. I, I, I want to get in there and I want to learn all the tactics and techniques that the army uses because I want to bring it back to the black men in America <laughs> so we could take it over. And, 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 and he had he just kind of just looked at me for the longest. All right, Nick. All right, Nick. Uh, so he reaches in his drawer and he pulls out these cards and, and, and it's the classic. And I'm I'm, I'm cracking up because I said, really, the Rorschach test? I mean, it's like he's going to Rorschach me now? Those are the I thought I was shocking him enough. Yeah, that that's the images on a card that are all, they're, they're just images. of Like of the ink block. Ink blots, yeah. yes. It's all these uh, Rorschach uh, ink blots, and, and I'm supposed to interpret. You know, I wonder. I don't. I don't even know if they still use that. I hope not. It was. It was so idiotic. But you're supposed to. The, the way you interpret what you see kind of determines whether you're nuts or not, or whether you're crazy or sane. So, but but, and I'm looking at him. I said, okay, all right. We're, we're, we're going to play this. I'll play that. I'll play that game. Uh, and I looked at it, and I raised my hands up like I was holding a rifle, and I went. <laughs> <laughs> I said, the white man's blood. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and he picked up another one. After about three, I think he said, okay, this guy, <laughs> this guy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, no, no, man, please just let me in. Let me in. I need to, I need to find out all these tactics and techniques so we can uh, unite the blacks in this country and, uh, and, and get the justice that... Uh, and and he said, oh, 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 hang on, hang on. And then, so he picked up the phone, and he put the phone, and he said a couple of things that I didn't understand what he said. Because by that time, once again, I am super out of this world between uh, uh, LSD and the craziness that I had to perform. I'm surprised they didn't, like, drug test. Was that not a thing? They did not, which is actually a great question, especially in that day and age. Because, yeah. yeah, marijuana, those were the glory days of marijuana and THC and uh, uh, acid. And, and, man, people were just taking everything. I mean, I, I remember sneaking, in, sneaking into a Jimi Hendrix concert. And uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, Jimi Hendrix so cool, man. He, the way he dressed and how cool he was. And 
and I was down by the back, by, by the uh, uh, far end of the stage, and he came sliding out playing his guitar, and everybody was reaching for him and grabbing him, and I saw a couple of people then throw some pills in his mouth. And, 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 and he, he took them? He, he swallowed them and kept on playing. Wow. And I'm going, oh, that's cool. Oh, how cool. I'm going like, now... As, as, as a mature man, I'm going like, what a freaking hit. No wonder he's dead at, <laughs> at 27 years That's old. That's so reckless. I Isn't even... that insane? Yeah. But that was a sign of the times. That's how crazy uh, everything was as far as the, um, uh, uh, the, the, the youth of the nation were just rebelling mm. because we were coming out of the 40s and the, 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 the post-war era. Uh, and, and there was something, there was a kind of a puritanical uh, 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 thing that was going on with the way we were supposed to be and act. I remember you, you would watch old black and white TV shows that were very popular, like uh, Father Knows Best. And, and, and even then, the, the, the mother and the father could not sleep in the same bed. They wow. had twin beds. And they would kiss, they would go to bed and kiss each other and you know, the dad would have pajamas buttoned up to his neck. The mom would have a nightgown on to the floor, and they would kind of peck and then get in their separate beds. So I think just the culture alone uh, was just, they wanted to just turn all that upside down. Yes, did it go too far? Absolutely. But because... We tend to do that, the extremes. Like, we go from one side... And then we take it all the way to the other side <laughs> in rebellion. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the that's that whole dynamic that youth goes through. But that's what we that's what the culture uh, needs, regardless of where you are. Uh, and, and 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 kids want to be heard, and then uh, and then fix it later. Yeah. It's like let me just do it and then ask permission later or. or or apologize later, and yes, many of us have have lived long, and then we see some of these uh, kids today, like uh, uh, the rappers and things like that. And, and 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 once again, I love some rap. You give give me some uh, tribe called Quest, some De La Soul, hey. uh, 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 Chance you the know. Rapper. Your oh, Ch- yeah, Chance is holding 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 it up. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, uh, now you get into the baby and, uh, uh, some Migos, of these, uh, like yeah, the Migos. The, well, you know, the Migos, I'm like, dude, come on, uh, in the kitchen, wrist flip, you know, that it was cooking crack, man. I'm going like, guys, come on now. Now, I mean, you see those guys, man, each of them is wearing a million dollars worth of jewelry. So, uh, but the guys that uh, 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 gave them the money to buy that jewelry, they ain't putting it. Uh, they ain't putting it around their neck. They're putting it in the bank. They're sending mm. their kids to Princeton and Yale. We need to do that. And mm. these guys could be the Pied Piper for that. I always said Tupac could have been uh, the Pied Piper to uh, you know. You ain't got to sell out. You got to speak their language on their level. But then you got to educate. There was an old time saying we had. Drop knowledge, not bombs. Mm. And I mean, all that stuff tends to be bombs. Mm. And it's blowing up our neighborhoods to the point where uh, 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 this Trump guy can stand in front of a white audience in Dakota and say, uh, uh, okay, black folks, what have you got to lose? Vote for me. What have you got to lose? You you got no jobs. You got Mm. no education. You go out in your neighborhood and you get shot. You know what do you got to lose? You, you you just vote for me, and I'm like, and 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 then you look around and you think about it. Okay, well, yeah, these rappers are some of them are honestly depicting their environment and their lives and their and, and their lifestyle uh, uh, that has uh, come out of the fact that all that pride we built in the '60s just went away, and 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 that's one of the things that was so strong that conviction that we were going to change things and and I I remember thinking in the 60s that man by the year 2000 now I'm a I'm, I'm a 15 I'm, I'm a 16 17 year old kid uh 18 or 17 going on 18 
And and I'm thinking by 2000, we're going to have our own banks. Mm-hmm. We're going to have our own McDonald's. Mm-hmm. We're going to be the owners of uh, uh, car dealerships, Mercedes car dealerships. Uh, we're going to have our corporations where they have to deal with us like they I saw in those days that they would deal with uh, Jewish uh, uh, attorneys and and stockbrokers. My mother introduced me to a Jewish stockbroker. Beautiful man, wonderful man. He wanted to uh, teach me the stock market. Being a dumb kid, <laughs> I wished I'd have stuck with that because mm. uh, we'd be talking on my yacht right now instead. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, I, I wanted to go into the entertainment industry, and that's and it's and, and I don't regret that either because it's been really good in my life. Anyway, getting back to the end of that story, after I go through the raw shock test and I tried to shock and awe the psychiatrist. I'm sure you did. <laughs> he, he, he probably said, man, okay, I've seen some, but man, this dude is putting on a show. Um, he um, he looks at me and just says, all right. He picked up the phone. He, he said some things. He put the phone down. He reached over in his bottom, bottom drawer, pulled uh, 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 my envelope over with all my information on it, opened the bottom drawer, pulled out this huge stamp and just stamped the front of the envelope, and the MPs came in. These two big surly guys, and they were probably maybe just a couple of years, maybe in their early 20s. They were probably just a couple of two or three, four years older than me, but they just looked. You know, I guess the MP guys had to have that, uh, you know, yeah, no, we're we're MPs, we're tough guys, military police here. Mm. And they picked me up. And I'm going, okay, yeah, no, for sure, yeah, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going off to uh, prison. This mm. is it. I'm done. And, I, cause, and I'm looking at the envelope that the one guy's carrying, and I could see what the stamp said. And it said, not eligible for induction or enlistment. Mm. And I'm like, wow, wow, okay. But, yeah, but I'm going to jail. So they walked me through the hallways and to the uh, front entrance. And he said, get out of here. You ain't going in the army. And, uh, uh, and, and, and I just looked at him, walk away. I turned around, I looked at him, walk away. And I must have stood there just looking at that in a, in a glazed over daze of what the hell just happened in my life. And, and I walked out and walked across the street and got in my car. My 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 what what they would call uh, in 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 one generation of uh, hip hop my hoopty <laughs> my wreck my ride my uh, uh, chariot that was back in my day that's what we called it the <laughs> chariot the chariot and uh, uh, but it was a uh, it, it was a clunker but you know I was a college student and uh, and I just sat there probably for about an hour just crying. Wow. Crying about the era that I was in, that I had to, I thought about, I, I, I knew my dad was in the Army in World War II. Um, I knew many men that were in the Army at World, in World War II, and I, I thought about what a noble cause they had because... Yes, that was a world war. This war, there was something not right about it. There was some, some, something didn't smell right. And once again, Google it. I mean, there was uh, it, it was a, a tragic loss of blood, as they like to say, tre- uh, treasure and blood. No, blood and treasure, because uh, human beings over the treasure. Um, and I, I just wept and. And it took me several days, I'd say even a week or two, to just come out of that. I was depressed. I was, um, I wasn't, I, I, I thought I would feel, you know, overjoyed, ecstatic, you know, oh, dang, I beat it, yeah, man. But no, I felt so many emotions. I, I, I uh, of, of course, I, I felt, yes, maybe I should have because it's the right thing to do. 
But then again, once again, history bears out. Mm. And I saw, and 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 I saw so many people uh, uh, and, and that I still know that are still suffering with that. And and the other thing too is, is the Vietnam veterans were not treated like the World War II veterans, and and they were heroes. Yes, the, the World War II veterans, absolutely. Uh, but the Vietnam veterans. They were treated badly in both directions. The protesters that hated the Vietnam War would disrespect the troops coming back. And I'm going, wait a minute, guys. Even then, even though I was protesting, I would still say, wait a minute. No, but but give them their their, their due respect, man. Mm. They went. They went. They saw the horrors. They uh, and it's not like they had a choice. Well, most of them. Yeah, no. With the draft. Oh no, there were and 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 don't 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 get me wrong. There were a number of volunteers that mm-hmm. uh, the you know the probably maybe even the larger part of that uh, uh, of that army that fought that war were volunteers. My uh, uh, my buddy, I, I keep referring to that came back two weeks in a box uh, later. He volunteered. Mm. And part of the reason he volunteered was some of the Army benefits and up to and including probably the GI Bill that once again, black soldiers coming back from World War II all the way up through the Vietnam War were not allowed to take advantage of because of zoning laws and that wouldn't allow them to do that. So once again, these are all the facts you find out in in the history of, of all of that. Uh, did you did you tell anyone what happened after? No, I never I never talked to my mother about it, so I don't know what her reaction would be. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I talked to a couple of buddies that were under the same situation there, and uh, and uh, uh, but they never ended up in the draft, and the draft only went two years. But the fact that it was a mandatory draft. Because they were pouring money and bodies into that, into that, in, into those people's uh, 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 country. Uh, ultimately, it turns out for not a really good reason. Because if I'm not mistaken, France was there for a few years, quite a few years before, and I can't remember exactly now. It's been a long time since I've seen. It. I've looked that up. But uh, uh, for some reason, America got involved in it. And then I think it just became of, you know, that uh, who's got the, uh, we, 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 we're America. We'll, we'll, we'll bomb the hell out of you. And it's just like any situation. You come into a man's house, you're going to face an angry dog. Mm. Somebody comes into my house, I'm going to deal with them mm. to the death mm. if they're coming in with an ill intent. And these these little men, and I say little men because yeah, they're that particular uh, uh, culture of people tend to be smaller, short. So and that was and then because that was always expressed by the uh, uh, by by all the people that were uh, just gung ho about uh, get get those VC, get those uh, 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 dirty little so and sos, and and. Uh, they underestimated once again that they were that, that the world was unjust on them and us and that was uh, during the time that you still had the big communist scare mm-hmm. you know the communists are going to take over and I, I that was probably one of the trigger words that uh, uh, kept America there is you know communism is going to uh, take hold and uh, which which is very curious because now we have a president that uh, uh, has a, a, a curious relationship with uh, with Putin, who was at the heart of uh, of communism of uh, of, the, of the latter eras there. But um, I, I I pretty much uh, I pretty much internalized all that uh, after I went through that uh, that experience there at the federal building uh, the day of my. Uh, 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 military physical to be drafted. I I was absolutely uh, in shock for 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 an extended period. Like I said, I went into depression. Uh, I I I would uh, talk to uh, 
uh, a vet or two, and 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 I'm tell I would tell them, hey man, you know what? God bless you, and I'm glad you made it back. And you know what? I'm sorry. Well, no, you don't have to be sorry. And I, but I couldn't explain to them why I was saying I'm sorry mm-hmm. because I felt like maybe I I let them down. And uh, but then again, you know, as as time goes on, you realize that yeah, there was a. a there were a number of injustices re- regarding that that unnecessary war. Do you know, or did you know anybody else at the time who also found a way out of going? Or was that not something you guys talked about? No, uh, it, it, that's not something I, yeah, that's a great question because I, I, I am perusing uh, uh, my database of all of that time and maybe probably uh, par- big parts of that at this point are corrupt from age. <laughs> but um, I-, I still heard of people going to Canada and a lot of what it was, there were parents that would take their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the dad would stay here working the mom would leave the country mm-hmm. and go live in Canada with the son. And there were just guys that were just, you know, you're talking 18-year-olds having to move to another country and um, by themselves. And uh, But, yeah, I never uh, discussed uh, my buddy that I grew up across the street from. I I eventually told him much, much uh, later, many years later, and he said, what I went through, I wouldn't wish on anybody. Yeah. Uh, and he said, then I, st- I don't know if I'll ever come back. Mm. And now we're talking to a, a soul, a body that's living here in this, in, in our, in our little cute little hometown and, uh, still not able to come back from that war. Mm. And, and it's tragic. And I, I see many, uh, veterans walking around with those Vietnam hats on. And I still experience all the emotions I did that day. I'm, uh, I walked out of that physical and sat in that car and bawled like a baby mm. because there, there were all there were just a there was a number of emotions: uh, uh, anger, hurt, betrayal of of my country. But I, but, but wait a minute, my country has betrayed my people. For decades, you know, remember, I'm an angry young revolutionary man and, I, you know, power to the people. And and uh, how about just how about just love to the people, man? And uh, why don't we uh, end all wars? There was one of my one of my favorite songs uh, of that era because I was at a teenager when that came out was Marvin Gaye's album. What's going on in that song? Sit down and listen to the lyrics of that song. And I absolutely dare you to not identify them as uh, lyrics that would apply to even today. Mm-hmm. With the war, look at the wars we've been in for almost 20 years or maybe 20 years mm-hmm. uh, uh, in, in the Middle East. There, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria. And it certainly hasn't gotten any better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and they would even compare that. Well, we don't want another Vietnam You've heard that numerous times about some of these uh, conflicts around the world. Uh, and so why would they say that? We don't want another Vietnam because it was an unjust war. Yeah. But that, 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 that music of Marvin Gaye's just, that spoke to me too. And because they're that line, war is not the answer. Only love can conquer hate. And I was like, wow, okay. So when you, there was that kind of reinforcement all around me, um, uh, 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 that uh, spoke to just not giving my life up for that cause, mm-hmm. but staying and fighting for the cause that we as uh, 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 the the next generation. And now the redefining generation of now African-Americans, mm. black Americans, uh, embracing our culture and, 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 and ridding ourselves of the stigma of uh, uh, you can 
you go die for us, but you can't come back and really participate in the American dream. Mm-hmm. Well, that was uh, that was the time that uh, that that made us once again, like I said, uh, 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 no longer just a race. We were a people. I love that you said that too, and we've talked about this, but the idea that telling stories can actually bring people together and help us through really, you know, just complex emotions. Like you mentioned Marvin Gaye um, and just the power that a lot of these writers, producers, directors yeah, have yeah. to really help people see things from another perspective. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that I don't want to, you know, put words in your mouth, but I can imagine that might have played into, you know, some of your decisions to go into entertainment as well. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and and even in even at this point in my life now, because in inter, in entertainment, I've all I, I've constantly been the only black person mm-hmm. doing the type of work I do, and uh, and and uh, uh, I, and my wife is a, a woman of color, and we have decided to uh, uh, start a um, a nonprofit organization that will teach. High school kids and 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 uh, uh, pre uh, graduate uh, college kids uh, our skill set because what I have found out in all this time it's been like a, like I said hey I wanted to stay here and continue to fight so all these years I have gone into these environments where with some of the uh, uh, biggest shows and movies and entertainment and been the only black person. And 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 tried to represent and bring in, uh, uh, bring opportunities to some around me. But I, with the position I was in, I I, I couldn't affect it as 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 much as I wanted to. Mm. So now it's like you know, hey, I think God's put a calling on us to say, hey, time to pay it forward. Uh, you mm. you've spoken to uh, this uh, uh, this situation for many years. And maybe now it's time to affect it with what? Young people. Here it is again. Mm-hmm. Young people. Just like the kid I was when uh, when I didn't want to, uh, uh, I, I wanted to continue to uh, figure out how to make uh, things better for uh, 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 the African American, the black people in this country. And um, I wanted to fight, continue to fight that fight. Uh, so, uh, there we are. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for taking time to tell your story oh, today. Oh, man, how'd you get me to do this? I don't uh, know. Uh, I'm, I'm magical. I have abilities to pull secrets <laughs> out of people. That's what you I do. Are. But, you know, on, 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 just a final note, once again, I, I absolutely, absolutely respect and honor my, my, my brother's that went to that war mm-hmm. and fought and then had to come back and deal with and face uh, the things that they had to, not just being Vietnam veterans, which all Vietnam veterans were, were not given the opportunity to uh, uh, be celebrated. Uh, and, and the thing that was different about that war too is that because of it was a, it, it was a, it, during a time when transportation was uh, the, the 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 guys from World War II came back on ships mm. for weeks, and then they would went to a base and set for weeks, so they had time to debrief and mm. and and decompress. Not saying that they didn't have PTSD, I'm sure they did, but with the Vietnam War, I remember uh, guys coming back. They would be in the jungle fighting and killing, and seeing these war horrors on Friday, and then they'd get on a plane Saturday morning. And they'd be back home that night, back hanging back out of, in the parking lot at the McDonald's or the bowling alley yeah. with kids that had no idea of, of the horrors that these guys just uh, and, and, and you could see you could see them changed. Yeah. And, you, and, and I can only imagine what it was like to, to be in that cacophony of insanity and noise and exploding and death. And then the next thing. You're sitting up listening to some other your your teenage buddies uh, describing a breakup with a, with a, with a cute girl or uh, mm. or the girls uh, 
uh, talking about how cute that guy is. High school drama uh, and, 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 or, or teenage uh, drama. And uh, so I, I didn't want to experience that. And I just absolutely respect the, uh, the, uh, uh, what they did and the sacrifice that they made. And uh, God bless you and uh, continue to heal you and all the veterans that uh, have to deal with that today. God bless them and, and heal them. And I want to take a moment to, to definitely thank all of our veterans, everyone listening, and for those of you who will be veterans in the future, you know, mm. we, this country, it's important that we do have some type of military protection. I know yeah. these conversations are complicated and we mm. talk about a lot of times the people who are making the decisions that we're going to war aren't actually fighting in these wars. No. Um, and there's just, it's, it's a very sensitive topic for people. So thank you for talking to me about it. Uh, and just and for being vulnerable and open and honest and all of those great things and thank you everyone for listening